it's easy for me to be ready for someone else to change their business. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's a lot harder for them. This is Machine Meets World, Infinia ML's ongoing conversation about artificial intelligence. I'm your host, James Kotecki. My guest today is Oracle's Stephanie Trunzo, the head of transformation and offerings. Thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, super excited to be here. So the head of transformation and offerings at Oracle seems like a title that you could do a lot with, but also a title people might not necessarily understand at first. Right. What do people, what do people think that you do? I think people have no idea what I do, to your point. <laughs> um, but what I actually do is help us think about, from an Oracle perspective, with our clients, how do we help them transform with technology? And how do we bring all of the great technology that Oracle has um, into a shape and offerings that make sense for our clients to get to the outcomes that they need to get to. So my job is really about not only helping drive our clients' transformation, but our own transformation in Oracle so that we're defining the way we go to market in a sensible way. What's the relationship between artificial intelligence, machine learning, and then digital transformation overall, those terms are often used certainly in yeah. the same sentence, maybe interchangeably by some people who think that digital transformation means AI or vice versa. What does it mean to you? Right. I think about digital transformation as really the process of identifying how a business is going to shape their new future by leveraging technology differently than they have in the past. And I think the connection to AI and ML is that so much of it is about data and being data driven and connecting those thought processes around how you're going to leverage structured, unstructured, et cetera, data in different ways as part of that evolution. And it's really tied, you know, really tightly with how you're going to look at how cloud plays, um, what that digital transformation means for your company overall. They're not disconnected concepts. You've talked about transforming three different kinds of systems systems of mm -hmm. record, systems of engagement, and systems of intelligence. So yeah. can you unpack those concepts a little bit and what they mean and what people get wrong about that? So, you know, uh, Gartner introduced something several years ago called bimodal IT. And the idea was that people started really struggling with how do you serve both systems of record, which are kind of legacy systems, things that have been architected over time, generations of people making decisions, not necessarily intelligently or intentionally, um, but those are the sources of truth. Those are the systems of record, meaning um, those are the, the systems that run the business. And then there's this conflict with the systems of engagement or interaction, which are the applications where the users live. So these are the, the points of intersection where people are really doing things with the applications. This third system, kind of like while they're still struggling with these two, there's this almost threat looming out there that you know, AI, ML, all these things we were just talking about earlier, if you're not paying attention to investing and getting ahead on them, um, you know, you're going to miss out, you're going to be behind your business is going to get disrupted. And so um, we talk about transforming all three at trimodal IT, looking at all three of those systems um, organically and in concert, that they're not three separate siloed systems. You know, it's not just maybe migrating a legacy application to the cloud. Are you doing it with a thoughtful process of saying, okay, let's make sure we can intelligently unlock the data in that application as part of the migration to the cloud so that now it's feeding our systems of intelligence. We can get an AI learning model based on it. We can look at data lakes, you know, the things that they need to do to kind of leapfrog the story forward. What's the dominant 
emotion, if you could kind of aggregate people's emotions mm. when they're going through a transformation like this, is it fear? Is it anxiety? Is it hopefulness? Is it begrudgingness? Because ah, this is just one more thing I got to do. I'm amid the many other daily responsibilities that I have. What's the, what's the emotion driving a lot of this? Uh, it's a great question. I, it's all of those things. Uh, CEO of a uh, you know, big global organization spent a year and a half, maybe more, having incremental discussions about really adopting a different kind of approach towards transformation, but not actually taking any of the steps. A lot of kind of lip service discussions, discussions with the board, that sort of thing. Um, and there was this one pivotal phone call, I will never forget the phone call, where he said, I am emotionally ready. <laughs> and so, you know, there was this moment where he kind of said, okay, I'm not just going to talk about this anymore. I'm ready to commit to it. And the business changed almost overnight. I mean, everything about it. He drove down into the organization a whole new philosophical approach of looking at transformation and kind of um, driving a real kind of change mentality into the business that it was everybody's responsibility. I think even just asking the question, you know, what's the emotion around this is probably a great starting point because I don't think that it is one of the natural go-to kinds of conversations that are happening around transformation. For the CEO who said, I'm emotionally ready, you know, you, maybe you were thinking finally, but, but when yeah. you look back at, <laughs> when you look back at that, could, is that just how long it takes? And, and maybe if that person had not been emotionally ready, they wouldn't have been able to make the, the rapid decisions that they made after they had made that emotional decision. Yes. Does it just take people a lot longer in your experience to get there? Part of the process of changing large organizations is accepting that it does take time. It takes repeating things. <laughs> you know, it takes a lot of false starts. When you're talking about large scale transformation, you're talking years, you're not talking quarters, you know, so there's a lot of incremental change that can happen along the way. But those decisions, yeah, and of course I was like, it's about time, but it's easy for me to be ready for someone else to change their business. <laughs> it's, it's a lot harder for them to yeah. get to a place where, and once that commitment happens and that the switch is flipped, so to speak, you, I always see things happen faster. Now there's a commitment, I've gotten over enough hurdles, it's, you know, the fear is out of the way. And I think enough familiarity too of knowing what it's going to look like when they get there. There's two frameworks that you've talked about, the yeah. egocentric and the system centric ways of thinking about and applying AI. And I want to just take some time to unpack that. I like to think of this as like a lens, you know, which lens are you going to put on the problem? Because both are relevant, both are useful. They just are different ways of looking at it. And depending on the problem you're solving, you might choose a different one. So the idea with an egocentric lens is that AI, ML, technology period, is replicating the human senses. So, you know, it's an egocentric approach from the perspective that I'm the, you know, I can only understand things through the, the lens that I have as a human. Robotic surgery assistants um, that are helping surgeons or even autonomous cars to some degree, like self-driving vehicles, like they're doing things that we as humans know how to do and we're just replicating our ability to do them. A system-centric lens is saying, we're gonna look at all the parts of the system and raise them all to their highest value. And so that means in a full system, the humans in the system, the technology in the system, the environment, the context, the weather, you know, all of the things that kind of make up the full system. At diapers.com, they 
organized their warehouse in a way that if you walked in as a human would make absolutely no sense. It needed to make sense to the parts of the system that were doing the work, which was the technology in this case. If you had applied an egocentric lens to that problem, you would have ended up with a warehouse organized that made sense to humans and trying to solve the problem of faster mm -hmm. robot pickers. You still got humans that are emotional, intuitive beings that are right. running these processes and making these decisions about where to allocate resources and what to go forward with. How do you and how does anyone get executives to think in terms of jobs that people can't do? It's very easy to say, oh, a person did this, I'll get a robot to do it or a computer. Now you have right. to come up with ideas that are kind of outside the realm of even human tasks in general. Working in silos will never offer the opportunities to find those aha moments of where something that new could be creative or something disruptive could be created. I mean, as it will sound really far out there, but get an artist in residence, <laughs> you know, get an anthropologist. Get people from different ways of thinking together to look at those problems. Maybe pick some of the POC hypothesis and give it to someone who has absolutely nothing on the surface to do with solving that problem and see if they can't come up with some different way of looking at it where you could apply AI and ML and technology to get to a completely different place. Stephanie Trunzo is the head of transformation and offerings at Oracle. Thanks so much for being here on Machine Meets World. Thanks for having me. I am your host, James Kotecki. Thank you so much for watching. You can email the show, mmw at infiniaml.com. You can like us, comment, you know what to do. Thanks so much for watching. That's been what happens when machine meets world.